Hey, it's Jay here, and welcome to the next installment of my training series. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the next two sections of my training pyramid, which are progression and selection, starting with progression. If our aim with our training is to get fitter, bigger, or stronger, then we need to understand what the principle of progressive overload is. The principle of progressive overload is a fundamental concept in exercise science that states that in order to improve physical fitness, strength, and performance, a gradual increase in the intensity, frequency, and or duration of an exercise must be applied over time. In simpler terms, the principle of progressive overload suggests that if you want to see improvements in your physical fitness or strength, you need to continually challenge your body by gradually increasing the demands you place on it. This can be done by increasing the amount of weight you lift, the number of repetitions you perform, or the duration or intensity of your workout. Another thing to look at when it comes to making progress is what's known as the SAID principle. SED stands for Specific Adaptation to Impose Demands, and the principle suggests that the body will adapt to the specific demands placed upon it during exercise or training. How do we become better at pull-ups? We do more pull-ups. How do we become better at running? We do more running. When we know what we want to improve, we understand that we need to focus on doing more of that thing. An extreme example of understanding both progressive overload and the said principle has been my crazy charity events over the years. To box jump Mount Everest, there would have been no way on earth that I could have jumped on a box for 22 hours straight without slowly increasing the time that I did my box jump sessions over many months and got more skilled at jumping on and off the box. To make progression in the box jumps, I looked at multiple things. The first was time and skill. I started at an hour and I did two to three sessions at an hour before I went on to two. I progressed over a 12 week period until I was capable of doing eight solid hours of box jumping. As I progressed with so many hours of box jumping, my skill for jumping on and off the box became much better and I was able to do them much faster and without expending as much energy. The next progression I focused on was improving my fitness for the specific skill. To complete box jump Everest, I needed to do 10 box jumps a minute, every minute for 24 hours straight. So my training was very much focused on splitting that minute into two parts, work and rest. Work was the 20 seconds of the minute that I would be jumping on the box and rest was the 40 seconds I was recovering before my next period of work. How I trained for this was many hours of box jumping and many hours of uphill treadmill sprints with 20 seconds on and 40 seconds off. Now, the reason that I'm telling you all of my secrets is when you understand progressive overload and the said principle and you have a plan of action to increase your volume and the demands that you place on your body over time, when you spread this out over a longer time period, you see incredible gains in strength and performance, which will enable you to achieve most things you put your mind to. So moving on to the final training pyramid, and that is selection. When I think about exercise selection, it's important to look at three things. Bang for your buck exercises, weak points, 
and limitations due to injuries. Let's start with what I like to call bang for your buck exercises. When it comes to certain exercises, not all of them are created equal, as some of them isolate certain muscle groups and others use more than one. To successfully grow a certain muscle group, we want to be focused on hitting it at least twice a week, which can be pretty difficult if we're just hitting the gym three to four times a week. This becomes much easier to do when we focus on compound movements. Compound movements are exercises that work multiple muscle groups at the same time. And my favorite one of these has to be the barbell squat. When you compare the barbell squat to, let's just say, a leg press, there is a huge difference between the number of muscles it uses. A leg press will focus mainly on your quads, but the squat will work your quads, hamstrings, glutes, core, and back. Which one is better is not really the best question to ask, as it depends on the person, their limitations, and their level of knowledge and experience. However, if you're looking to hit more than one muscle group in a set, the barbell squat will be the weapon of choice. The next thing I want to talk about is weak points. There will be some exercises you're stronger in than others. So it's important to not only select the exercises that you're stronger in for the muscle groups, but also allocate a training day to improve those weak point areas. Improving your push strength, your pull strength, your core strength and lower back strength will transition into being able to lift a lot heavier in the gym and then that will enable you to hit higher volume numbers with the same exercises. I like to do this weak point training on the weekend and it will usually involve me doing pull-ups, more core work, quad work and I'll also mix in a bit of what I enjoy which is some push exercises too. Moving on to the final one in selection, and that's limitations due to injury. Let's go back to squats, and let's imagine that a limitation of yours is a bad lower back or a bad knee. Is a squat going to be the best exercise for you to select with these limitations? Maybe not. Yes, I would probably go through the motions with the bar or a lighter weight, but that's not going to help with your volume numbers that you're trying to hit with your legs. Instead, I would swap for a machine-based leg exercise, one that you can control better with good form. This is an important thing to think about when it comes to injuries. A rested, injured muscle does not get stronger. You need to gently work the muscle through its range of motion, and what that does is it gets the synovial fluid moving between the joints to help with its repair and recovery. So, to summarize, exercise selection. Choose the best bang for your buck exercises to hit multiple muscle groups throughout the week. Be aware of your weak points and focus on improving them with a weekend session if you can. If you have limitations due to injuries, please swap certain exercises, but make sure you're still working and strengthening the muscle. That's it for the training pyramid, so a quick summary on what we have spoken about. The best training plan is the one that is enjoyable and you can see yourself doing many years from now. Volume is the key measurement for progress and remember the calculation is made up of sets times reps times weight. Intensity can be measured by the rate of perceived exertion and reps in reserve. 
and we want to be aiming for our workouts with a difficulty of about 7 out of 10 and always leaving 1 to 2 reps in the tank for each set. To make progression in our training, we need to increase the load over time and know that our bodies adapt and improve based on the demands that we place on it. And finally, selection. We should be focused on the bang for your buck exercises, improving your weak points and swapping out certain movements if you're limited by injury. Really hope you enjoyed this episode and in the next one, we're going to be looking at the five biggest mistakes that people make with their training.